Welcome to the Pure Flix Podcast, a show brought to you by PureFlix.com. PureFlix.com, the faith, family, and fun video streaming service. Get ready for uplifting news, scripture, movie reviews, and interviews with some of your favorite actors, authors, and pastors. Let's get started. Hey, what's going on? It's Billy Hollowell. Welcome to the Pure Flix Podcast. Today's show is going to be an interesting one. We are diving into an interview with Colton Burpo. Now, Colton Burpo is the real-life subject behind Heaven is for Real. If you'll remember, Heaven is for Real was a very popular book a few years back, and then it became a movie, and that movie, also called Heaven is for Real, is streaming right now on Pure Flix. So you want to head over, check that out. If you have not seen the movie, Check it out. It is a great film. You can get a free trial of Pure Flix so that you can watch the movie. If you've already seen it, it is worth re-watching. I had a chance to watch it the other night with my kids, and they had not seen it, and they're eight and five years old, and they were really captivated by the story. Now, as a quick refresher, Colton claims to have visited heaven, and what's so interesting, I have interviewed Colton before in the past. I interviewed him when the film came out. And he was a lot younger when I last talked to him, but now Colton is an adult. And so getting a chance to sit down, hear from him, talk through his journey, how he has grown up and processed that journey and the story and just all of it. And so we're going to get a chance to do that in just a minute. But I want to remind you guys that we are part of the Edify Podcast Network. If you don't know what Edify is, you want to head over to the App Store, type in E-D-I-F-I. It's not a Y, it's an I. And you can download the app. There are thousands of Christian podcasts. Podcasts, and we are just one of the amazing podcasts in the Edify Podcast Network. So you want to check out Edify again. It's E-D-I-F-I. You can go to edify.app in your browser if you want to listen on your computer. You can also head over and download in the Android and Apple stores the Edify app. Okay, so without any further ado, let's dive into our interview with Colton Burpo. Colton, how's it going today? It's going well. How's it going for you? It's going well. It's going well. We were just, I was just saying to you before we started here that I think I, it's been, gosh, you know, since 2014, since I've, I've seen you and mm-hmm. you've grown up quite a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, you're about to be 22 years old, correct? Mm-hmm. 22 years old. Now your story, and just for those who are tuning in is told in heaven is for real in the mm-hmm. book and in the film. And You know, that was a time, the story is told at a time when you were almost four years old, right? So Mm -hmm. you were, you know, very little at the time. And those who aren't familiar with the film uh, or the book, really, it recounts this phenomenal story of what you went through and this heaven experience as a child that you went through. But I actually want to start by talking about where you are right now, what is going on right now, sort of the update in your life. So fill us in, like what's, what's been going on in Colton's life? Yeah. Um, so for me, I've been living here in Colorado for the past almost two years now. Uh, I did about two years at a Bible college down in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's called Victory College and spent some time there and then moved up here. And recently I've been working or studying becoming an an electrician so i'm working as an apprentice electrician up here when i'm not doing this stuff 
so that's that's actually like quite the dichotomy very different that's really interesting right and you're you've been speaking sharing your story for years obviously the feature mm-hmm. film about about your life and then learning to do that that's amazing so what let me let me ask you this because you've had a lot of time you've grown up mm-hmm. sharing the story right and now you're an adult mm-hmm. what what impact, then we're going to get deeper into the story, but what impact on your faith and your growth has the story had in sharing that story for you? Well, when it comes to like impacting or kind of when it comes to talking about my faith, when it comes to talking about this experience. So when I did go to heaven, it happened at such a young age that it's kind of helped guide and direct my faith more than like change it because before then, I mean, I was a pastor's kid. So I was around church and at least seeing how that's helped me out later in life, because I still had to go through all those questions of, well, is God even real? Like, do I, did I really even experience that? Like I still had to wrestle with all those questions because some of the stuff that I remember or some of the things that I remember seeing in heaven or experience in heaven, I still got to experience earth because I live here and I'm human. So it's definitely been really cool to just see how my experience has helped change and grow me. And as I've matured, it's definitely helped me out a lot. Yeah. And sharing that experience. I mean, what, what, Mm -hmm your story tells us what you went through. It's a very personal experience. And a lot of people don't share those stories. In fact, there's data about this and it has, there was a polling question. I forget. It might've been Pew asked this question years ago of the percentage of people who had gone through these things, you know, and had experienced them. And it was in the twenties. I think it was like 24%. I forget the percentage, but it was, it was interesting because you don't often hear these stories. Um, What was it for you? And obviously, this was a decision your family made at the Mm -hmm. time. What was it for you guys that not only led you to speak out about the experience, but led you to continue doing that, right? Because you could have done it once Mm -hmm. and you could have walked away. But you guys have very consistently shared what you went through. Well, um, I would say my dad definitely has a much better answer than I do. Because When I started traveling or when our book came out, I was 11 years old and I was in sixth grade. So at the time I was like, you mean I get to get out of school to talk about heaven? Sign me up. It's like perfect. I know it was amazing, but it's really been cool, or at least for me, seeing how I've been able to help out a lot of people by just talking um, able to help out hurting people or give people hope about what is to come. And that's probably been the thing that's helped me keep going after, I mean, the book has been out for over 10 years now. So I've been doing ministry for at least half my life, a little bit over now, but it's really cool just to see how many people that we have been able to help just because God did something awesome. And then he told us to share it. And I'm very grateful that my parents did follow through because now I do get these opportunities to just share with people about what heaven is like. Do you see yourself continuing in ministry throughout your life? I do. Um, In what way or fashion? I have no idea. 
I've tried to have a plan and God's kind of interrupted those plans. Many, he kind of laughs at plans, you know, that know. happens. He just, yeah, we make uh, him we, laugh. We can make many plans, but at, at, at the end of the day, God's the one who guides my steps. So that's what I kind of go for. I mean, I never planned on living here in Colorado, but I'm grateful I do because I get to interact with a lot of really awesome people. And the area where I live in Colorado, it's actually, uh, I think the last study that was done up here, it's like 4% Christian. So it's really amazing because I get to be up here and just do life with some people who would never set foot in a church. And may not meet. I mean, if you've got 4% of a population saying they're Christians, they may not be encountering many Christians. And here you are. Are they aware there of your story and who you are? Like, is that like, is that um, something that comes up quickly or frequently? So one thing that at least I like doing and my family is kind of the same way. Um, like, I just call myself pseudo famous. I don't think I'm famous. Like, I'm still a normal guy. I have to work. I have to pay bills. I hang out with friends, but it's really funny whenever I like interact with a new friend group or I move to a new place and then they just get to know me as Colton. And then finally, like either someone tells them or they hear my last name or something happens where finally it's like they connect the dots and it's like, hold on. You're, you're that Colton. Yeah. You didn't think that was important to share. Like when we first met, nah, <laughs> so that's that's kind of how I how I have fun with it because then you get to see people's gears turning because I always make like offhanded comments like uh I was with one of my friends recently and he just started saying like YOLO and I'm like yeah my friends don't let me say that he just looked <laughs> at me and I'm like well I technically I didn't die but they tell me I can't say it <laughs> I mean, listen, it's one thing about your family that always struck me is that, you know, and, and this is not an indictment on anybody who chooses to do mm-hmm. something different, but you all stayed very normal. I mean, your life stayed normal throughout the process. I think I've probably interviewed you and your family numerous times throughout the years from when you were mm-hmm. a kid now to you being an adult. And, mm-hmm. you know, you were living in the same house last time I saw you guys as you were when this happened. You, you know, mm-hmm. all of these things that were the hallmarks of just continuing to live a really normal life, despite the fact that, you know, it's not a normal experience to be able to mm-hmm. be on talk shows and to travel and to have a movie about your life and a best-selling book about your life. But yet you guys remained very normal. And that to me was pretty amazing. Um, did that help you to just kind of in your own existence growing up with those questions and with just the normal experience of being a young person kind of navigate that a little easier? Um, yes and no. I mean, it became just a normal part of life for me, whereas some people like it's very different from most people, how they would live life. But since I've been like doing interviews like this for a while now like it's kind of natural for me now or at least I don't get super uncomfortable with it and yeah I mean I've kind of just gotten used to it now but yeah sometimes yeah. I get to be put in fun awkward situations but it's usually not like here it's usually like when I'm talking with someone and then they'll just start talking and I'm like can you just say that <laughs> okay cool so, 
All right. So now, obviously, for anybody who has watched the movie, and if you haven't watched the film Heaven is for Real and you want to watch it, it's on Pure Flix right now. But, mm-hmm. you know, you watch the film and it's your story and you're a very little boy. Again, we, as we mentioned earlier, you were a little under four years old when this happened. You were, you were very young. This mm-hmm. incredible experience and watching the film and seeing how this unfolds. And, of course, film, and we could talk about this after a little bit, but film may not mm-hmm. be 100% because you have to collapse characters and there's things you have to do to make a movie work. Mm-hmm. But what was it what was it like for you? And then I want to get into the specific story of what happened for those who don't know. But to actually have the story, because the book was out and you were getting a little older and then the movie mm-hmm. comes. What was that like to have your personal story that you you had shared in a different form turned into a movie? Um, all honesty, it was a little weird just because, I mean, I'm from a small town of 2000 people and now a lot of people just kind of know like at least my name or recognize it and i mean it definitely was a bit of a culture shock i mean i get to go to like we got to go to the set a few times and just seeing like how it actually works like the magic behind the films um being able to talk with some of the actors that were in our movie like um Like, I remember Greg Kinnear. I got to talk with him just a little bit. Um, Connor Corum, the kid that played me, he wasn't acting. We were basically like, it was like having a little mini-me. It was really cool. Do you keep in contact with any of the people from the film? Does your family keep in contact with any of them? um, I personally don't. Uh, Sometimes we get, like, updates from Connor, like how he's doing. Um, But I think... I don't think any of us keep in contact too much with people who are part of our film. Yeah. I was just curious, but, but it was a weird process to have. It was strange to watch other people portray, not just you, your mom, your dad, you know, Mm -hmm. your sister and the people in your town. Right. So, so Mm -hmm. in the movie, there's a, the town is sort of shocked and I don't want to spoil it for those who haven't seen it, but people are shocked by your story and there's a little bit of contention and art and sort of arguing going on about that. How accurate was that to what actually happened? So that was actually put in for storyline of the movie. Um, the cool thing is in reality, it wasn't as like, um i don't know what word to use but it wasn't as tense or sure it wasn't as tense right at the beginning because what happened is during that time like when i was in the hospital i think i was there for like 17 days and like people were coming to check in on my parents and it was really cool because even with um different people in our town like different churches got together and prayed for me so a lot of people in my town knew it was a miracle that Colton was healed. They just didn't know about the heaven stuff until afterwards. And what would happen is after I had my trip to heaven and we came back to Imperial, I would just start saying random things. I mean, I was three or four, like around that age, you have next to no filter. So you just start saying stuff and it was They're really the most honest. Those kids are the most honest at that age, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was just saying a bunch of offhanded comments that uh, my dad was telling me that basically people would just come up to him and say, did you know what your son just told me? No. What did he say this time? 
Like it just kind of became a part of life because I was just very open about it. And it took a while for me to kind of like learn, oh, not everybody has this experience. Because I thought right, I was this is normal. a normal experience, right? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was normal. So let's talk about the experience. Now, yeah. first of all, how much of the experience do you have memories of? Because I, before you answer, I think a mm -hmm. lot of people, when something traumatic happens, and I'm going to use the word traumatic lightly here, because this is not something that is traumatic in a negative sense, but it's defining, mm -hmm. let's say, you might remember it. But so how much of these memories do you still have? So when it comes to a lot of the memories from like the hospital or like the appendicitis part, I don't remember too much. I mean, I still hate needles. So who does it? That. Um, but when it comes to my memories of heaven, um, how I like to describe it to people is I don't remember them as if it was like yesterday. So for or think about taking your family to like Disney World. You go ride rides, you have all the food, pictures, all that fun stuff. The day after, you remember everything you did. And then after that, about three months go by, you might remember a few things. And then after a year, you kind of remember some stuff. But for me, I mean, I haven't had to do this math in a while, but about ready to turn 22. So it's been about 19 years, pretty close to that. And like with a lot of my memories, some of them have faded over time. Like I used to be able to remember the names of all the kids I played with in heaven. But now I struggle with what many people struggle with, where someone will tell me their name and I will forget it right away. And now I have to kind of like relearn or like get myself little tricks to remember people's names. But a lot of the like really big things I do remember, um, but it's not as like vivid as it used to be, but it's still very clear. Like I experienced this and it's been really cool because other times I've been able to like read scripture and I'll read something and I'm like, huh, that's cool. I saw that. Like, I remember one of the times when I was reading, um, I was reading through, I think it was Ezekiel, and it talked about God the Father sitting on his throne. It talked about he was like clothed in white fire, and then he had like some sort of sash of ember. And I'm like, what is ember? So I looked it up. It's yellow. And I'm like, oh, I remember. God had a yellow sash. Nice. So I have little moments like that, but... Yeah. How did this, so, and so this experience of, of, and just again, for clarity here, mm -hmm. you have this near death experience, you're in the hospital, you almost lose your life. Mm -hmm. uh, and you, and you have this experience for anybody who's tuning in now where you, where you visit heaven and you see mm -hmm. these incredible things. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's amazing to me, the, the way that you had even mentioned before, having to navigate, even after having that experience, having to navigate the questions we all have about God and his existence mm -hmm. and what you saw. How has that experience though, as a frame of reference of what you saw and, exper and experienced as a child, mm -hmm. always brought you back and helped reaffirm your belief? Like what, what about that has shown you no matter what, this is true, I know I experienced this and I know that, mm -hmm. that the Bible is true. Well, for me, being able to kind of bring it back to at least when it comes to 
when I talk about heaven, I see at least how it does help out a lot of people. And another thing for me is at least one thing I've kind of had my whole life, but I didn't like really understand it till like later on in life. But um, usually I can kind of feel the Holy Spirit whenever I start talking about like God stuff or if he's ever like in a room or something like um, how I kind of feel it is it's almost like warm honey just like starting on the back of your neck and just going all the way down it's like these good chills just like all throughout your whole body but you don't know how to explain it and I've had many times where I've had I've experienced that and it's like okay what's God trying to do because you feel that way all the time in heaven and it's something that nothing can replicate like when you experience God's presence so powerfully in a way that it's undeniable. That's one of the things that just helps me always bring it back to, okay, God's here, God's with me. I don't have to freak out about this, I'm doing okay. And even just that reminder, I mean, one thing that I have been doing recently, um, growing up, I did not do, but in the last few years, I have incorporated like reading the Bible every day into my life, like spending time journaling, letting God speak to me, making sure I pray every day, like spending time with him. And I've seen a drastic difference in my life where instead of being super worried about everything, like I'm able to just kind of go, you know what? At the end of the day, he's God. I'm not. He's a lot bigger than every issue that I'm facing right now. So he's got this. That's amazing. And when you start to do that, when you mm -hmm. start to start the day with the Bible, I journal too. That's huge for me writing. Cause I find that like I drift off when I pray, if I'm not writing it down. So I, I write mm -hmm. my prayers out. That's how I do it for me. Uh, and I pray sometimes regularly too, but writing it out is really helpful when you mm -hmm. do that every day though, it changes everything. And so I'd encourage people who aren't doing that. And in just what you just said to start doing it, make the time for it because it's mm -hmm. so easy to make excuses, but that is the most important thing is fostering that relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you've seen drastic changes in your life. How would you, why, why do you think God gave you this experience? Cause a lot of other people don't get this experience. Right. Mm -hmm. So why do you think he gave it to you? Um, when I have a like definitive answer, I'll let you know. Um, you can come back and talk about it. There's, there's many times where I, I just ask, I'm like, God, why'd you pick me? Like definitely growing up, I've had my fair share of like shortcomings, mistakes, but at the end of the day, the really cool thing I've noticed is because God let me experience heaven at such a young age that when you describe heaven as a child, or in the context of being a kid, it keeps everything so simple that people can kind of go, oh, well, that makes sense. Like, we don't have to overcomplicate everything. I mean, for me, now that I am an adult, I realize that I complicate everything. I overthink everything. You're a and human being. Imagine. I know. <laughs> but... It's really cool because with this experience and being able to experience heaven as a kid, and even though now that I am older, my vocabulary is increased, 
I'm still able to describe or talk about heaven in such a simple way that is able to help people. And at the end of the day, it's what I want to do. I want to be able to give people hope and tell them how to get to heaven so that they can experience it too. That's incredible. And it's really the most important thing that we could be doing is telling people about Jesus, right? I think it's so easy to be distracted by everything else and our other priorities, which that doesn't mean those things aren't important, but the most important thing that we could be doing is just that. And so it's amazing that you're still doing that, that you're still sharing your story. My final question for you, if somebody okay. picks up the book, Heaven is for Real, or goes on to PureFlix right now and streams the film, what are you hoping they feel or think or experience at the end of that, at the end of seeing your story? Well, one of the things, or at least a few things, I don't really know like if it's a list or anything, but a few things that I do pray and hope that some people get to experience is first off that heaven is real, that there is hope. Like, we get to have a relationship with God. We don't have to wait till we're off this world to have a relationship with God, but there is something better waiting for us. And many times what, like, you don't have to convince someone that the earth is messed up, that us as human beings are messed up. So it's really cool that even though we are messed up, that God chose to come and have a relationship with us to help us walk through this life so that we can live a life that is full of joy because there's so many amazing things about earth. So while we're here, take advantage of it, but this is only temporary and heaven. One of my favorite ways to describe heaven is it's like a perfect version of earth because you get to, you get to experience a lot of the things you do down here on earth. Like, there's people, there's animals, there's angels, there's grass, trees, water, skies, there's food, like so many things you get to experience in heaven. But the main thing is you get to experience God's presence without any distractions. And that's probably one of the things I miss the most and look forward to. But while I'm here, if I can give people some hope or point them in that direction. Well, listen, I so appreciate you taking the time today. I really do. Thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Did you know you can access thousands of entertaining and inspiring faith and family friendly TV shows, movies, and original series? It's simple. Just log on to pureflix.com right now to start your free trial. From kids' content to some of the most uplifting films, we've got your entire family covered. Sign up today. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. 
And that brings us to the end of today's Pure Flix podcast. Listen, this is our weekly show, but we've got a lot of other stuff going on. You head over to Facebook, facebook.com slash Pure Flix. You can see our daily content. We've got Bible verses. We've got inspirational movie clips and so much more. If you also head over to our blog, it's insider.pureflix.com. We have daily content there that will inspire you. It is free content that you can read. You can check out. You get lessons based on the movies that we have on Pure You get interviews with celebrities. You get all sorts of different amazing things over there at insider.pureflix.com. So head over there right now, bookmark it, make it your daily place to visit because, again, we've got daily content there that is free. So check out the Pure Flix Insider, and I will see you all next week for another episode of the Pure Flix podcast. That's all for today's podcast. You can follow Pure Flix on Facebook at facebook.com slash pureflix and on Twitter at PureFlix. And be sure to log on today to PureFlix.com for thousands of faith and family-friendly movies and TV shows. Thanks for listening to the Pure Flix Podcast.